Welcome to the Archetypal Tarot Podcast. This is Sindera Quackenbush, your host, and I am here with Asha Frost, who is an indigenous medicine woman and a member of the Chippewas of Nawash First Nation. And she is an incredible author and creator of this beautiful deck, the Sacred Medicine Oracle. And so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So excited to have you here. So let's jump right in and uh, just tell, I'm just was blown away when I uh, opened up this deck and the very first card that I pulled was uh, Spider Woman Destiny. And I just couldn't help but uh, the, the, it's a long story of synchronicity and connection and Usually when I draw a card and there's that instant synchronicity, I'm like, wow, we're really in the right place. And what a beautiful deck. It works. There's It's connected to the universe. Um, so how would you like to introduce, introduce this work to us? Mm, yeah. Oh, I love that you said it works. It's interesting because I've heard that feedback from a few folks. And um, because we never know, right? We we know our own medicine, how it relates to the world and all of creation. But when you get that feedback, then it just feels like there's that reciprocity and your spirits working with my spirit and your guides with my guides. And that was my intention for this deck. I had this vision for the last 25 years, going to a Hay House, I can do a conference all those years ago and seeing, I think at the time it was Doreen Virtue and Stephen Farmer on stage and they had these decks and I thought, this is brilliant. I love this form of um, engaging with spirit. I love this medicine of just how we can use this as like a catalyst to connect to the spirit world. So I planted this dream in my heart. I was 20 at the time and I thought, one day I'm going to have one of those that I can use that has my medicine in it. And over the years, I gathered, as some of us do, a lot of oracles and I used them a lot in my work, in my healing circles, my private practice. Um, and I got to know, I got to know just how they worked and how they worked together as spirit beings. And I just continue to love it. So when the opportunity came that I could actually pitch my own deck to Hay House, I thought, well, this is a dream that's been in my heart for so many years. And I have actually held decks in my hands, speaking over them saying, one day this is going to be my own medicine. One day I'm going to be able to hand these out in my healing circles and it's going to be filled with my own words. When it came true, it was like a, a true dream come true. And each of the spirit keepers, you know, I do feel like each of them have their own medicine keeper, like an elder or a medicine person that holds the spirit of each of the cards. They sort of came together in a circle and they said, we want to be together. We want to work together. And we want to be sort of like family or kin with one another so that our energies just feel like home in, in this box, in this sacred box or this sacred space. So that's how it came to be. Oh, wonderful. And um, can you tell me a little bit about this this guide that came to you as part of that circle? And um, I, I'm just thinking there could be some other layer of meaning here in uh, Spider-Woman and uh, and the, this destiny card. Yeah, so spider medicine to me is all, always carries that. They just create such intricate, brilliant webs. And to me, it's like miraculous. So, you know, there's that, there's that element of creation, that element of intricacy, that element of precise knowing. 
So when that card came forward, it did come forward in a grandmother spirit, grandmother spider woman, who is um, part of some of our legends as part of creation. And she also came forward um, almost coming in and saying, this one web or this one direction towards your destiny, like she's almost pulling the threads and showing that this is like calling this to you and you need to take action towards that destiny. So it was very precise and very powerful. That is exactly what I got when I, I read the booklet as well, is that, wow, there's been all these other options, I've been trying to work on you know, what step to take next in my own personal projects. And then that thread coming out and, and knowing that there was something very specific that I needed to choose was just such an invitation and a call to action that I really needed at that moment. Um, so I'll, I'll share a picture of it um, uh, along with this podcast and post, but I had to pull out, you know, the whole book plan I had been working on, which had formed this giant web um, on a p giant piece of paper that I had painted with a little spider on it and everything. And I went, wow, okay, this is all tying in. I feel, I feel encouraged. I feel encouraged by the synchronicity and by all the words that you so intentionally wrote in your booklet. Yeah. So what, a, that's a gift, right? That, that, you know, we've never met, that I've just opened this card box and that through your words, that there was something directly sent to my heart and sent to my dreams, uh, inviting me forward. And um, and I, I I have no doubt that anyone who opens these cards and sees this imagery will have a very similar experience oh, through your guides. Thank you. And that is really that was really um, part of the vision too. Was because I wrote "You Are the Medicine." Um, it was almost like that second that second invitation reminding you that you have this medicine, you are this medicine. Now, how are we going to step that medicine into action? Right. While you go one of these cards, you can feel the sort of embodied energy. And to me, I was like, I was hoping it would like invite a spark of some remembering. So then you could actually walk towards the medicine or move towards the medicine in your own way. Absolutely. And then this, I went to this uh, storytelling festival just about a week after I got the cards and it was celebrating a, a woman who I'd known who was a storyteller who had died, but she had published a book on stories and and uh, Grandmother Spider was <laughs> in that collection or was the title main uh, story of that book uh, that she received permission from the Hopi to, to retell. So, and then there was an open mic and I ended up getting up and telling a story and I went, this is meant to be, <laughs> it's all coming together. So the encouragement is just um, beautiful through, this is just exactly what we want to see and feel when we open a card deck that there it's connecting us to the larger web, to the universe. Thank you. And, so uh, thank you so much for that. So it's a, a personal enlightenment in that way. So, uh, as I move through your cards and see the, the the beauty of the imagery, actually, let's let's talk a moment about your the artist here that brought these cards to life. Her name is Steph Littlebird, mm -hmm. and um, can you tell me about your connection to the artist and and how the images, how she was able to bring forth your vision? Yeah, I think it was a really challenging process to be able to do that. Like her medicine is really powerful to be able to do that. 
I am a visionary, so I can see things very clearly. I'm not an artist in that way where I could necessarily draw or paint or put that on paper. So I found it a bit challenging to bring words to my vision that were really, that were really like what I was seeing sort of in my mind and then and bringing it to words. And she did a brilliant job. And I found it challenging though, to have people in the middle, right? Just um, sort of moving it through like the art department. So um, she is um, of a different First Nation or a different tribe than I am from different lands. So it's definitely a co-creation of her medicine lands, her ancestors, her people, and mine. And so it was, um, it was a beautiful process. And I think for me, it felt very intentional and very co-creative. So we were just going back and forth and what we saw, what, how we're guided from spirit, um, and then how, you know, my words would speak to that image. So it's a, it's a brilliant process. And I think having two people work on something like that um, I would prefer maybe in the future just to have more one-on-one -on -one conversation to be able to speak to the artist myself. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. But it, it comes across so, so, so elegantly. And, um, I think it, it's just a beautiful success from a outside third party. <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. And the, the cards came up, they were so, they're so beautiful. I'm so proud of it. And I'm so, I feel really like they, um, they come alive. Like what Steph did to my vision or my words are just, they come alive. So I'm so grateful to her for everything she did. And I feel like she exceeded my expectations. Oh, that is so fabulous. And, and as I moved through, I noticed that um, rainbows come up quite a bit, rainbow skirts and rainbow clothes and rainbows in the sky. Uh, and uh, can you, and, and I believe uh, reading your book, You Are the Medicine, which the full title is You Are the Medicine, 13 Moons of Indigenous Wisdom, Ancestral Connection, and Animal Spirit Guidance. You you receive this name, right, as a Native healer. You become, is it Rainbow Medicine Woman or what was the exact word? Yeah. Healing Rainbow Woman. Healing Rainbow yeah. Woman. Rainbows are a really beautiful part of the medicine that I carry and it's interesting because even writing the the card descriptions out I probably didn't realize how many times I said and then a rainbow here and then a rainbow here but it's just like <laughs> part of my own speaking that into into being and into the vision that I see so there are a lot of rainbows and you're the first person to notice that actually but I also wanted to make this deck you know two spirit folks are such an important part they are such sacred beings in our culture and I really wanted to make that very inclusive. So I hope that it landed that way. Absolutely. This was, um, I pulled these cards with some friends too, and we pulled this card out and we just were so moved. Um, and we went really deep with the imagery of this card. Um, and and this podcast will be released in June. So it'll be in Pride Month. <laughs> and I think that's absolutely perfect. Um and it it seems like you bring traditional knowledge with this embracing of our modern world, and you, you have great respect in your book. Um, this I feel like it's one of the first books I've come across, and maybe that's my fault. I don't know, but one of the first um, books I've come across where there's an intentional use of um, less gendered 
description for certain animal beings and and ways that um where they can be described with they pronouns and uh and that's really the first traditional wisdom book that i've come across that's like that um do you have any more to say about how, how you came to that conclusion for this book that was re recently published and um anything more about that process thank you for asking that question nobody's asked me that question yet and i've i've heard that there are some um sort of traditional teachers that don't love that part that I chose to do that. Mm -hmm. So at times that's a sticky place for me to be in because there's that people pleaser that comes out who wants to please elders and traditional teachers. And there's another piece of me that wants, I think a bigger piece of me that mm -hmm. holds this piece that if I can be the one person that can see one person who hasn't, who's maybe in a marginalized community, has not been seen, feels like they don't belong, um, and I can tether them somehow to this earth and this land, then, then I've done my job. So that was really important to me in a time where I think these, um, you know, these issues and these ways and these ways of identifying, um, there's so much up right now in the conversation. So I really chose to do that. So... I, I just hope folks feel seen and, and cared for. And those, I guess, who don't like it, that's okay. That's okay. And perhaps I'm just not for them. But I wanted um, that part of inclusion felt really important to me. And I also feel like it is sort of true if we think about it. Um, deer can be male or female or perhaps they, perhaps who knows how we, we don't know how animals identify. So <laughs> I love to leave it open to curiosity and also open to that childlike kind of wonder of, we don't know. We don't know for sure. Right. So um, that's where it came from. Yeah. I love that with animals. I've been thinking about that a lot too. I've just been like imagining into a certain animal's consciousness and I'd be like, yeah, that rabbit probably just, it just exists, you know, just, <laughs> it's just existing as it is, you know? And um, so very, very interesting. And I love, I, I just love that, that this is part of this deck and I want to thank you for that being here in, in San Francisco, Ohlone territory. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's um, June is um, Pride Month. It's also in Canada, National Indigenous Month. Oh, so, great. So, and I think that that, I, I really think about this a lot about the sort of um, those who identify as marginalized identities and how I just believe we can open our hearts to that allyship for one another. I hope we do. I hope we do. And I hope um, things are starting to kind of unravel. And as we decolonize and re-indigenize ourselves for that deeper sense of acceptance. So I think June is a fabulous month. <laughs> it's a great Yay. month. It's also my birthday month. So oh, mine too. Mine too. <laughs> oh, are you a Gemini? Yes, I am. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, all Gemini's welcome here. Very, very <laughs> fun. <laughs> I, I kind of feel a certain two-spirit vibe in being a Gemini often. So. Oh, that's so true. I love that. So that's great. Um, and another card that I really loved is this one with the, the storyteller in it. So I just love telling stories. I use cards actually to prompt stories, just pulling them from wherever stories live, from your heart, from from the imagery that you see, the inspiration. Um, and I know stories are a, a, a huge part of the meaning behind these cards. And you open pretty much every chapter, I believe, in your book with a story. 
So tell, tell me about the importance of storytelling in your work. Oh my goodness. I think it's everything. You know, and I've only come to know that in the past couple of months. I think even though I wrote a book and I put those stories in, I think I was in a bit of a freeze because I was so worried about, because um, stories aren't always seen as, they're not valued sometimes as much as, in especially writing like a prescriptive book as steps, you know, give us the steps to do this healing process or give us your client success stories. I feel like that is sort of the narrative that's often offered to us by publishers and just the way that people have always done things. So I really had to be clear of how do I write um, a decolonized book in this new age industry that loves steps. And right. I, I know to be true is I know that stories break our hearts open. I know that stories are the way in. And even though it's not necessarily the way that's now sort of, you know, highlighted as the most important way, I think that they are, they're an indigenized way. So that was so important that those remained in. And then most more recently, I realized, oh my goodness, that is part of my medicine. That is how I speak when I do speaking engagements. It's mostly all storytelling. I don't do PowerPoint. I don't, you know, I don't do those parts that, um, I mean, there's tons of other people that do that really well. But I know that storytelling is a way that we are an oral tradition. That's how we pass down our medicine ways. Right. That's how we pass down our ways of being and knowing. So we need to continue that way. So that card is one of my favorites too, because it is, it speaks to my medicine and it speaks to the medicine that I hope that translates to the seven generations to come, that we will continue telling stories as our way of passing down our tradition. I love this. And uh, the way that you tell your stories in your book, um, and I think you've mentioned something about they're, they're passed down. So you've heard them orally and you've also drawn some of the contents of these stories from your bones, from intuitive places within you. And so I really think that this is how stories are meant to evolve and, and they're not supposed to be written down in a book and frozen for all time, but that they they continue to be told. And there's little things that that are come from you that mold and shape it for our times. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience of like what's what's passed down and what you know, that process of intuition or uh, welcoming that is from the bones. Yes, I think that comes from a place of um, responding to generational trauma, actually, or a place where we have been cut off from our cultural, our medicines, our stories, our language, all of those things that have happened in my history, my family history. So it was like my spirit said, well, if I don't have these direct elders that are going to pass these stories down. I have studied with elders and, and worked with the elders, but that's never been the way that the stories have really gotten in. Like I've listened to them and they've been fabulous ways of knowing, but how do I bring them into wisdom? And for me, bringing them into like embodied wisdom is to live out, to live out some of that, to walk through my own journey and really reflect and have introspection or do the healing work to dig out that wisdom that's there. And also things like dreaming, like respecting that sacred art and time of what comes forward during my nighttime dreaming. How important am I making that? Am I listening to spirit in that way? Journeying, when I do indigenous journeying, am I taking those messages from spirit as teachings, as wisdom, and am I gonna embody that now and, and share that? So I think again, it's that like, 
decolonizing the way we've been taught to learn and take in information. And yes, listening to elders and taking in teachings is amazing. So I highly recommend that. And also, how do we evolve that, that traditional knowledge into wisdom that we can use today? And how can we ground that in the, the words we speak, the, the steps we walk? I think there's timeless wisdom. And I also think that um, the wisdom we walk is really important too. Yeah. So it's it's a beautiful balance of what, what is comes to us from the outside and we can receive and listen, um, mixed with, you know, we really know knowing in here and, and pulling out that wisdom to encounter. So uh, thank you for that reminder and, and bringing that to us. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I want to draw attention to this beautiful card. It's actually 52, the cedar card. Yeah. And it shows um, what looks to be like a, a preparation for a ceremony Um and it's 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 reminding me of your section in your book, You Are the Medicine, about smoke medicine. And I, I think this is a just a wonderful offering to people who are indigenous and non-indigenous to find what smoke medicine looks like to them and, and what are the the plants that call to your particular ancestral line. Yes. Uh, and, you know, th this just opens up a huge, you know, story of so many things, right, of um, how people have used these, misused these, and, um, and you know, I love sage, right, and I've used sage in the past, not knowing if it was white sage or not, and all of these things, so I learned a lot through your book about how I could connect to to smoke medicine that was in alignment with my ancestry. And, and then I noticed in this card, I know it's called the cedar card, but I'm, I saw this rose on there. And then you mentioned rose petals as one of these options. And, you know, I've always felt connected to roses. So it's, it's you know, it's in my ancestral stories. It's when I was a kid growing up in the desert, uh, it almost became a joke. My mom would be like, oh, let's get a picture of Cindy in front of the rose bushes. You know, <laughs> I was always in front of the rose bushes. And now the home that I live in is bursting with blooms, rose blooms all around my house. And it's just, to me, it was really just hit me like this, this is the smoke medicine that I can use that I really resonate with that is linked to who I am and, and who my ancestors were from the lands that I am from. Um, and I can take these, these roses, you know, I, I, I just connect with the plant and I care for the roses and I trim them and all that stuff. And then there's just this time where you, the rose is ready to be done. And, and it just feels like it's giving these, these petals at that time. And I go and I dry them. And then, so I was just so excited to try this. So this morning was the first time I had successfully dried my petals and then I uh, lit the dried rose petal and it was just like this amazing smoke experience of connection. Like, wow, I can do this and I feel connected um, and I can be part of what's wise in this in a way that, uh, relates to my story and, and where I'm from. 
So what an opportunity here to connect to that. And I just want to thank you so much for that gift of, of, of instruction and learning around these plants uh, and, and what is sacred uh, to indigenous people and, and what we can, can connect with and how we can find our own way with it. And I think that's such a, a thing that uh, your book and your cards really offers. You steep deeply into your cultural um, inheritances, but you do so in such a way that invites us to to learn and then to embrace our own medicine. So um, just anything you can uh, add to this reflection and, and what this means to you? Yes, thank you. Well, I've had many people, not many, but some people say, I didn't, you know, I received your deck as a gift and I didn't know if it was my right to be able to use this or I feel unsure or, you know, is this okay? And I just want to say that these are the, who I created these creations for. I created them, yes, for Indigenous people to return and reclaim their understanding and knowing and for non-Indigenous people to do exactly what you've done as an invitation to return to you. I love how you saw the rose on the card. You thought, oh my goodness, like it's those synchronistic happenings, right? And then it's like one thing leads to another, leads to another. And you're like, this was here the whole time. This was right in front of me this whole time. And now I'm returning to it and I get to now have a ceremony from it. That is a beautiful story. And I think all we need to do is be curious and open to it in, in that way of a curious heart, open heart. What is this bringing for me at my life right now? And for those who have felt unsure about using these medicines or taking my words, you know, I think, first of all, it's between you and your creator as to how you're going to use this. I know there's a lot of gatekeeping in our world these days. There's a lot of canceling that happens. That is not my way. I don't, I know, I think other Indigenous people, that's their medicine in their way. And that's amazing for them. But I am here to build a bridge. So I really want to build these bridges because from my perspective, people are going to use them anyways. They have been. Mm -hmm. So how can I build this bridge of understanding and inviting you into Indigenous lives, experiences, history, how that history still affects Indigenous people today? I believe that if you're using my cards, then something in your heart will start to care a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if you read my words, it's going to instill some sort of activism in you in some way in the world that is my hope and my prayer um and that is my intention fabulous and um and there's a quote from your little booklet that i love which just says and please no shame only love so what a what a welcoming place i'm very generous and um well i think shame what i've noticed you know i started talking about cultural appropriation in 2019 so i had the blog post that I wrote went viral. It was before 2020, before people were really speaking about, you know, social justice issues, really. They weren't really doing much. And I've been speaking about these on my platforms for a while. Nobody really seemed to care. Mm. And then that went viral. And then everybody all of a sudden wanted to defend themselves, right? So it was like I got thousands of messages trying to explain why they were using them, um, their stories of connection. And I thought, that's, that's amazing. And you got to work that out in your own system. And also, I just noticed that if people came from a place of shame, their hearts would shut down. If people came and could lean back into compassion for themselves first and foremost, then we can have a relational conversation. So I noticed that shame blocks us from any sort of 
deepening into the wisdom or deepening into conversations. So I think that's the first step always. It's like, how can I come from a place of, I might've made a mistake. I might still be making mistakes. We all make mistakes and we're human. How can I be compassionate with myself so that I can deepen into how to do this in a better way? That's what I've noticed to be true. And I just, I hope that people can kind of start there. Wow. And you must have incredible strength and great guides on your side to, you know, to, to have shared that letter, which is in, in the book, the full letter to white women is in, in the book. And I highly recommend uh, our listeners to check it out because um, it, it was transformative to listen to and very, very important. And, uh, but to, to, to have had it gone viral in this world where, you know, I think we're still, you know, wired to only deal with about 200 people, like what would be a village, right? <laughs> but social media has brought in, you know, thousands of maybe even millions of voices that have been coming your way. And, um, and it, it I just can't imagine how exhausting just, just all of that collective energy that is so, um, the, the bubble jets are on, on that, on these topics today and to, to get the positive, but also to, to get the, the pushback. And, um, so I, I got a lot from, hearing your your book and how i'm sure bear medicine is probably helpful the g- getting up that growl and and being able to find your boundaries with uh with what must have been really quite overwhelming on a coll- in a collective sense for 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 a human individual to face yeah and you know that's another that's a perfect example of walking that like figuring it out as you walk it because i wasn't expecting it to go viral so i think sometimes we think oh my goodness, you know, the way we do this is build up our capacity, share a blog post, then, you know, it just didn't, it doesn't always happen that way. It happens imperfectly. And I wrote this blog post to a blog that nobody read. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they were reading this blog post and it got shared all over everywhere. And I didn't have, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. So now I know I did a lot of sort of nervous system work after the fact to try to clean some of that up. And now I know a little bit better. So I just want to share that as I think um, if you're scared to put something out there, so many of the folks I work with are so scared of sharing or shining or being visible. And I just want to say, I understand why. Um, And I'm still here. You know, nothing happened to me. I'm still here. And if anything, it really deepened my medicine, deepened my courage and deepened my voice. So we grow so much from these from these experiences. So if I can be an example of that for you, then I hope that it spurs you on to share. Absolutely. And um, I got the audiobook version of your book, and I love it because you read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and your voice and just, I can just tell you're so rooted and seated in your experience. And you're both gentle and you share so much um, vulnerability, but you're so strong when you, uh, when you t- take these bulls by the horns and, and um, really have us look at them in a big, brave way. It's a brave space to listen to your book. Thank so you. I want to thank you for that transformation in, in reading um, your book. I'm, I'm hungry for more. I know you have other books out there too, so I got to check them out. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the only one. That's the oh, only really? One. Oh, yeah. maybe it's, um maybe it's some spinoffs that are on Audible. They were like starting to pop up. This oh, is what yeah. happens, right? Also the, uh, the audio is there's some meditations there. Oh, meditations. Okay. Well, those are great too. <laughs> um, 
And and just as a additional note, your book uh, will will have a lot of this information for us in the times that we're living in, and then it 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 deepens with this imagery. It has there's the story, but then you take us on these actual journeys uh, that are really beautiful and um, and very very transformative. And so the the way the book is structured is is around the thirteen moons. And which fall during the different seasons of the year. And um, because I was preparing for this uh, podcast, I kind of listened to it all, you know, in this time, which is springtime. But um, is there is there lessons in there that can be pertinent to any time of year? Is it can you kind of just gravitate towards the, the meditations that are resonant for you at this time or or do you recommend them really in the seasons that they're they're uh prescribed for those moons i wrote this book as an oracle because i didn't have the oracle deck deal yet so i honestly thought folks would just flip it open and be like what do i what wisdom do i need right now or they'd read it from start to finish like i didn't think people would what's it's the most shocking thing to have people read it one chapter and then stop for another like moon cycle, right? I mean, I just, right. I wasn't expecting that because that's just never how I read books usually. But um, so that was interesting because I think as an indigenous person too, we're very like cyclical in all the ways are being. So I didn't, I wasn't thinking in a linear way in that way, like right. thinking that sort of they would do that. So I wrote it as an oracle and yes, because we don't all sync with the, the earth seasons and cycles, right? Sometimes we're in, we're in spring right now, the Northern hemisphere. But some of us are going through that that death phase, that letting go, or some of us really need to rest. So we're in that bare medicine season. So I think it's almost a disservice to us to be, because we then we do shame ourselves and think what's wrong with us. Why am I not feeling like I'm in this like sunshine blooming place that the moon is telling us I need to be? So yes, please listen to your own inner season and cycle. Please know that the cycle you're in is enough you don't need to leap out of it. You can sink into it. And as we know, if we don't sink into it and try to rush out, then it will repeat itself. So right. yeah, I think it's so it's so beautiful to just trust the season. And that's like sort of the arc of the book. It's like there are there are these amazing seasons and wisdom places in your life, and it's time to lean into whatever is appearing for you. Absolutely. So there's just such great stuff in that book around healing and boundaries and sacred nose and oh, all the stuff I need to do. <laughs> so I'll be, um, I'll be, I'm going to rate it straight through. And then I, I think I'll, I'll remember the, the seasons and be like, oh, I'm really curious now that we're entering into that season, what she has to say too. So keep, keep tapping back in. Love Wonderful. So, um, so I'm really curious and I'm sure our listeners are too. Um, what, what's next for you? So I'm currently writing a next deck and it's going to be an animal spirit deck, which is actually sort of what I had dreamed about initially. And then I don't know how it changed. I think they just sort of waited, you know, they just waited. They're like, we want to come in. And it also needed to be in a way that hasn't been done yet because um, Hay House has a few animal spirit decks or spirit animal decks, and I needed to write something in a different way. So um, I will share. It's called Enchanted Elders. And because we talk about um, we talk about eldership in a very traditional way of like we go in an elder to get the wisdom. And because I've been 
sort of decolonizing a little bit in that way, um, the animals are going to be the elders and the grandmother moon is going to be in there holding the space for the whole deck. So each animal is an elder and they're going to be delivering the wisdom and medicine in that way. Oh, I am so excited for that and hope to have you back when it's, when those animals are out and about. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, so great. Well, thank you so much for coming to the podcast and, and sharing this deck with the world. Um, and I wish you wellness and uh, a, a beautiful process in the creation of your next deck. Oh, thank you. It's been such a gift getting to know you and just um, thank you for your amazing questions. Yay. Wonderful. Thank you. And see you next time. Bye for now.